I know that uh, there are a number of people that have, uh, have been a little tired. I don't know about you. Have, you. have you had those weeks where you've just kind of been, oh man, I need a rest, I need Saturday to come, or, and uh, just need some downtime? You know, this is the third message I'm preaching about the letters to the Thessalonians, and this is about enduring hardship. But I don't think that I've ever endured quite the hardship of what they have termed in the life of the real-life Aquaman. Have everybody seen the news report? Uh, of course, this comes out of Tonga because last week they had a volcanic eruption. And that volcanic eruption did indeed cause a tsunami. And that tsunami, of course, the warning even reached British Columbia. Now, nothing, nothing really happened here, but there was some big things that happened in Tonga. Those little islands that are off of uh, just north of New Zealand, out in the middle of the Pacific. And there was a man, 57 years old, who was painting the outside of his house. And uh, he had been disabled in some way that he didn't walk regularly, so he was no longer doing his carpentry work uh, as a job, but he was attending to the outside of his home. And his, I believe it was his brother-in-law that came along and said, you need, to, you need to get out of the way because there's a wave coming. There's a tsunami coming. They, they did have some warning, and so he, he climbed a tree. The wave came in and literally went right into his house. I mean, he would have been in big trouble uh, in that moment if he would have stayed painting the outside of his house. Uh, unfortunately for him, he came down off the tree once the wave receded, and then a second wave came and grabbed a hold of him and washed him out into the ocean. In fact, it took him approximately 7.5 kilometers out into the ocean. And he was tossed about by the waves, and he, of course, living by the ocean, knew how to swim, and he floated on his back, and he said it was battering him around, and, and then he, he said, what was he going to do? He, 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 he didn't really have any choice but to swim. He said he had his faith in God and his hope for his family, and he began to swim. Now, fortunately, after some hours in the water, he did make it to a small deserted island and was able to rest. That took him about the first eight hours. And then he swam again, wanting to, he had this deserted island, there was nobody there, he wasn't going to be rescued, so he, he went and began to swim in the ocean again and made it to a second deserted island. That was a number of hours further along, eventually being able to swim from that deserted island to one of the main islands and be rescued. A total of 26 hours in the water, swimming for his life. And you know, I, I thought about that story when I read it in the news, and I went, I, I'm not sure that, I, well, I know I could not do what he did. I'm, I'm not a great swimmer like, like he would have been. But in the midst of such a terrible ordeal, a, a tough situation, being washed out in the ocean, battered around by the big waves, I mean, it would be so easy to give up. Just say, oh, my life is over, this is terrible. But he did not. He did not give up. And, and there's this basic instinct that God has given us to survive. And alongside of that, he had this belief that God was there with him in the midst of 
this tsunami wave. And he, he just trusted in God to keep going. Now, your circumstances, they may be difficult in some other area, some completely different reason. You could be facing problems, uh, financial problems due to business. You could have a, a tsunami of decisions that need to be made because of your difficulties. What keeps you going in, in those moments? What keeps you forging ahead? You could be having relationship problems with your children. There's words that need to be said and some that should never be said. What keeps you going? What keeps you on track trying to pursue a loving and caring relationship with the members of your family? So, what I had spoken of already in the last couple of messages about Paul's ordeal and what he was facing as he wrote these letters to the Thessalonians, he had difficulties of his own. It seemed that Everywhere he went, trouble was finding him. Remember, he, he was arrested, beaten, put in jail in Philippi. And uh, eventually, when he was let out of jail, they, they asked him to politely leave <laughs> after he had already been jailed and all of the rest that happened. The church was established there. He made his way to Thessalonica. And in the process of that, of course, there was a city riot and you know, he had to escape from there, went to the next town. There was another riot. He eventually made it to Athens. And he was worried about all of the believers that he had left behind at all of these places. And so he wrote to the people in Thessalonica and was so concerned for who they were and what they believed and how they were doing in their faith. Knowing that they themselves were facing the same kind of difficulties that he had gone through. That the persecution that had come to him had also come to them. And so in the midst of being in Athens, he sent Timothy. His trusted protege, the young man that he was training up in the ministry, sent him back to Thessalonica to see how the believers were doing. And that is an important part of where we find ourselves in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And I want to... Uh, just, I'm going to read the whole chapter. It's only 13 verses. I thought that it would be good to get an idea exactly of what Paul was saying to the church in the midst of this. And so Paul writes, Finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided to stay alone in Athens and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother, God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ, we sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come, and they did, as you well know. That is why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. But now Timothy has just returned, bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. 
How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joys. We enter God's presence. Night and day, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. May He, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again with all His holy people. I want you to know that Paul's goal was to witness for Christ and to see the church established, not only in Thessalonica, but in all the towns that he went to. And he continued to do that regardless of the hardship that he faced. He was a man of endurance. He, he had to leave the towns quickly when he ran into that kind of trouble, and so he was not able to disciple them like he wanted to. He wanted to spend time with them. He literally wanted to fill in the gaps in their faith, the things that they didn't understand, the things that they needed to learn. But he wasn't given an opportunity, and so he wrote these letters. He sent people to help them in the midst of their faith and the suffering and persecution that they were enduring. You need to know that Paul was proud of them. The information that he received back when Timothy returned to him was good news to him, that they were strong in the faith, not happy that they were still being persecuted in some way, but happy that they were people of endurance as well, and that they could face down the difficulties. And so in the midst of that, that eased Paul's mind. He was much happier about what he had to face because He knew that they were doing okay. Psalm 9 says this, The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know Your name trust in You, for You, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for You. You know, when we're burdened and worried, there is encouragement available to us because God promises that He will be there with us that He will help us in times of trouble, and that we can call on His name, we can trust in Him. And so this is the main point of my message today. When you are enduring hardship in your life, remind yourself that God is there to help you through the difficulty. You see, the reminding of the presence of God helps us in the midst of endurance. We want to be able to endure any trouble that comes our way, whether it be for persecution, whether it be through difficulty, whether it be through trouble of any kind. Let me tell you this story about uh, a man named Jim. He was an assistant vice president in an international bank in New York. And you see, it was, uh, well, he he felt kind of lonely and a, a little bit empty, and he decided to volunteer, believing that if he would give back, that it would help him in the midst of some of his own emotional troubles. And so every Thursday night, he spent time at a local hospital volunteering with AIDS patients. Those that were struggling with autoimmune uh, deficiency uh, problems. And he had opportunity to share with those people that were struggling in their health, literally some of them on their way to dying. And the dying part was actually hard for him. He, He didn't turn away from it. He didn't resist it. 
Uh, he did spend time with those patients that were in need. They needed a friend. They needed somebody to talk to. And so Jim spent time with them. And when they passed away, he even helped with uh, the preparations that were necessary uh, in the midst of the death. It was hard, though. It was hard to feel the loneliness that he had and then see these people that were passing away and to deal with it. And then God gave him a gift. You see, one day the director of the volunteers within that hospital asked Jim to come along with him. He wanted to show him something. And so Jim was led down to the pediatric ward and there were in that place six what they called border babies. And they were all sleeping and the director explained that these babies had been abandoned. They had been abandoned. Some had come from drug-addicted mothers. Sometimes they had just literally been left on the doorstep of the hospital. And they were awaiting a spot to be able to come into foster care and to come to a place where they could be adopted into a family that would love them and care for them. But in the meantime, they were in the hospital. And the director of volunteers said what these babies really needed was some volunteers to come along and and hold them. That they needed to know that they were loved. That they needed to know that they were cared for. And so they needed somebody to come along and just take some time with them and let them know that they were loved and hold them and hug them. And so, from that day on, on those Thursday evenings, Jim would spend a little bit of time with the AIDS patients, not abandoning them or leaving them, but wanting to spend the time that they needed, but then he would go to the pediatric wing and he would hold babies. And what he said, that as he held those babies that were in need of love and care, that he literally felt that he himself was cradled in the arms of God's love. And that God came alongside. And in that moment of giving, he himself felt God touch him in that place of loneliness. And he experienced God's love once again. Hardship comes to all kinds of people. It comes to you and me and those that are on our street, those that are our neighbors, people that we work with. And we need to remind ourselves that sometimes when we give of ourselves, then God gives us back what we need if we would just take that risk. Now, I want you to know that anytime we go through hardship, that we're going to do the things that are part of our spiritual routine that we always do, right? We, we always pray. We come alongside of the hardship. We deal with the problems and we say, God, this is how I feel. This is what I need. We cry out to God. Paul did the same. We are going to continue to worship God. We're going to continue to read the Scripture. We're going to continue to reach out and help others understand who God is. You know, this, this week I was reading uh, in the book of Acts, read maybe one of the most encouraging verses when it came to hardship. 
And it was talking about the persecution in Jerusalem and how the people were spread all over the place. And it said that as they went, they told the message of Jesus Christ. They shared the gospel. And I thought, wow, that's, again, one of those things that we're always going to do. We're going to share the message of who Jesus is. But truthfully, when we're going through hardship, it it can be hard. We can be looking to God for guidance, but there's an emotional component that says, oh, I, I just don't know how I'm going to deal with this. It's a struggle. So I want to give you a few tips today in how to endure hardship. Just a couple of extra things beyond the regular spiritual routines that we already do. Beyond the prayer and the worship, spending time with God, talking to others. Number one is this. Check in on those going through difficulty. And hopefully, they will check in on you. Now, there's no guarantee about this. But I know that people that regularly check up on others, that they want to encourage, they want to help, they want to pray for others, often are the ones that receive that back. That somebody will call them and talk to them about, is everything going okay? And so, in 1 Thessalonians chapters 2 and 3, I want you to understand that it's really about connecting. Right? Paul was concerned for the people in Thessalonica. He was concerned for the believers, and so he he needed to reach out. He needed to send Timothy. He needed to send a letter. He needed to find out if they were okay. And so he reached out to them. What I'm suggesting to you is that when we are going through hardship, or when we know others are going through hardship, we need to reach out. You know, loving your neighbor can be as simple as phone, phoning them up on the, on the telephone, giving them a call, somehow reaching out to them with a message that you care. Not, not everyone is going to return the favor. But there is a lot of times when those that have felt cared for at some point in their life find that someone returns the favor and that they do call them back when they are in need, that there's another voice there that God brings along to encourage them, to show them care. So one of the things that we can do when we're going through hardship and when we know that others are going through hardship is reach out to them, encourage them. The second thing is this, remember the important things. You see, when Paul was writing to the Thessalonians, he, he says in the passage that we read that they remembered him. They remembered his visit with joy. They were happy about what had happened in the past. And Paul himself was happy that they were happy and they were remembering the things that they had done and spoken of together. In fact, he tells them that they are his joy. And so Timothy's report was to him a real boost because Paul could remember the things that he had said to them, the things that he had taught them, and the fact that they took it in. That it it was not without a result. 
Now, it's not always easy to remember the good things that have happened in the past when we're going through trouble. And so, we can ask God to help us to remember. God, would you remind me of the things that you have done? You know, the people of Israel constantly were reminding themselves of the time when, you know, Abraham was listening to God, when Moses was listening to God, when uh, the people of Israel were led out of Egypt. You read through some of the Psalms and some of the other writings and you find that they were reciting it back to themselves, reminding themselves about what God had done. So ask God to help you remember. You know, photo albums used to be a big thing, right? I mem- you, How many of you were scrapbookers? Any of you people? Oh, a few of you. Yeah, you made scrapbooks, and fo- now today we do that all online, right? Like Google Photo and other photo apps and things, like all, all of my photographs that I take with um, my phone get uploaded to uh, the cloud immediately, and I have automatically shared them with Cindy. She never has to ask me, what, what photo did you take? Is it, is it a good photo? Because she gets it. She gets it automatically in her photo feed, so I don't have to... I don't have to constantly be doing something electronic. But when I go back through my phone and I look, what pictures have I taken? Oh, yeah, I remember when I, when I took the kids to the park. Oh, yeah, I remember when I was fishing off that particular lake. You remember things. Well, if we go back through our photographs, you know what we're going to see? Most often we see people. People that we've related with. People that we have done things with. And God can use that to remind us of the good things that we have experienced. And when we remind ourselves of these things, when we reminisce with friends, when we we remember the things that have happened in the past, we encourage ourselves. And we are told through the Scriptures to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And we should do that. So, because it boosts our attitude, then continue to do that. Remember the important things. Even if it brings up other difficult times, we can say, hey, that's not the difficulty that I'm currently dealing with. That that happened way back, but God got me through it. When we remember what God has done, then we are currently encouraged to call on His name right now for the things that are happening right now and into the future. The third tip I wanted to give you about enduring hardship was to thank God for what you have. So many times we we look at only the negative picture about what we don't have, the struggle that we're currently in, and we don't remind ourselves about what we currently have, the good things that God has provided. And Paul made a point of thanking God for the people that he was talking to, the people that he was writing this letter to, They were important to him, and so he could be joyful and be praying for them because he was thankful. You know, we can be thankful that no matter what has happened in our culture, no matter the difficulties that we face, we continue to have opportunities to share the gospel. We know that there are people that are interested. If they only would hear about Jesus, then they would come to him. We can be thankful that we have 
uh, continue to have opportunities to meet with God in worship and prayer. You know, there are some countries, they don't have that privilege. They have to do it secretly or illegally in some countries. They don't have a, a freedom to be able to worship together as a group, and we do. So can we be thankful in the midst of, no matter what the other difficulties we have, we can gather in prayer and worship and honor God that way. We have uh, continued to have opportunities to meet with others, to be able to encourage them that we can speak encouragement, that we can pray for somebody else. We can meet like we're going to this Sunday night and just talk about the things of the faith. We have that privilege and opportunity. Let's be thankful for all of that. So I want you to think about what you are rejoicing about. What are you thankful for? What is it that God has given you that is put within your life that you can say, yes, God, you are with me. Yes, God, you are helping me. You have provided me with these things. And it helps us in the midst of dealing with the other negative things in our life, the difficulty, so that we can endure the hardship. As I come to the end of this message, I wanted to remind you about how Paul prayed for them. Because overall, he said, let love overflow. I mean, more than anything else, in the midst of their hardship, their own persecution, their own difficulty, he was saying, let love overflow. In verse 12, and may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. And you see, this is what really makes a difference is when we are calling on God in the midst of trouble, that He reminds us that we need to let the love overflow in our lives. We need to let it overflow into other people's lives. Vitally, vitally important. There was an ad in a local newspaper for a lost dog. It said, lost dog, $50 reward. They really wanted their dog back. And it read, black and tan dog of poodle and German shepherd descent, flea bitten, left hind leg missing, no hair on the rump, blind and recently neutered, answers to the name of Lucky. Now, let me ask you, what kind of person is willing to pay a reward for the return of Lucky, the dog with so many problems? The kind of person who is exactly like God himself. Because that's what God would do. See, God is here for you in the midst of your problems. That's why He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. That we would not only be forgiven of our sin, that we would not only have hope of eternal life and a resurrection from the dead, but that we would have the Holy Spirit who would walk with us through every difficulty. That we would have a connection with God that we can call on His name in every trouble. Because regardless of the hardship, God loves us. 
and wants to care for us. So Romans 8 says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the Scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither our fear for today nor our worry about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't know what your difficulty is today. Some of you have struggled with health issues. There are you know, certainly some people in our congregation that have gone through COVID, some that are recovering, and fortunately, you know, nobody that has been seriously sick. But at the same time, it's a struggle. Some people have struggled with their work. Others have struggled with family relationships. I know all of those things exist. You need to know that God is there in the midst of your struggle. Whatever it may be, you can endure the hardship because God is by your side. He is with you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Will you stand with me? I want to pray for you today. If you have any very specific needs. I will stay behind after the service, after we're dismissed today, and you can come forward and we'll pray over your need. But I want you to think right now as I pray for you, if there is a struggle that you are dealing with, if there is a trouble that is in your life that you are really, really having a difficulty with, then I just lift that up to God as I pray. Lord God Almighty, Thank you that you are the God that's there. You're here for us when we are struggling and when we're tired, when we're weary. Thank you, God, for being with Paul and the Thessalonians in the midst of their trouble, that they could be an example of what it means to call out to you, to connect and to encourage one another. Indeed, they did let their love overflow and you worked in them. And God, may you continue to work in us that we could love one another, encourage one another. And God, even uh, the many that are outside of our church walls, that they would know that Jesus loves them. Thank you for being present with us. And God, I pray that you would continue to encourage us to do well as we call in your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.